0: Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing the game that they bring on special, memorable, fun, or whatever they have to share about it, as we will get into the context of when and how they had this time with the game uh, that meant something to them little bit of housekeeping up top is that uh you should follow us on social media we're on instagram at call me by your game pod and we're on twitter at call me by your game there's just one Y in the Twitter name, so that's B-Y-O-U-R, but there you can see what episodes we have coming out every week. You can learn about our guests, what they're up to, how to support them, uh, and you can also check out the gorgeous art that I make for every brand spanking new episode. Um, you can also support the show a few different ways. One is by leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I think Google probably has, still has a podcast portal somewhere. Uh but I only see the ones on Apple. So if you leave a review uh, anywhere else, uh, feel free to DM me. I'd love to read it on the show because it means a lot when people write in. Uh, and yeah, just tell us your favorite episode, uh, maybe the, a game you'd like to see covered, anything really. Uh, you can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that our guest has brought on to discuss for the main event today. Uh, and lastly, you should check us out on Patreon. We're over at Patreon.com slash SuperNPCRadio. That's NPC like non-player character. Uh, And that's our indie video game podcast network where I and creators of a few other shows have a ton of bonus content there uh, every week. Uh, If you subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier, you get three bonus podcasts every week. Uh, So it's... It's a fantastic uh, deal. Currently we're going through our Super Mario 64 Games Club where we go chapter by chapter through that game over about 12 weeks. And if you're listening to this episode when it comes out, uh, you have two more days to vote on what we do for our next Games Club. The poll is currently out, uh, and if you want to subscribe uh, at that tier, you're going to be able to not only vote in that, but uh, be along for the ride. Uh, And uh, just to to whet the appetite a little bit, the games that we uh, have up uh, for voting right now are Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, Final Fantasy VI, Metal Gear Solid 1, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 plus 2, and Resident Evil 1. So if you uh, want us to do one of those uh, games for the games club, subscribe, vote, and it's gonna be a blast. That'll do it for the housekeeping. And I'll finally introduce our guest for today. So please welcome to the microphone, Mary Lou.
1: Hello! I'm so excited to be here.
0: Very excited to have you on. Uh, you you know, I understand you're just already in pod mode today. Uh, just And so we're getting you pod ready here. T-
1: totally pod ready. I was ready to hit the ground podding. Uh, I've been recording since 9 a.m. I am... Um, I record an actual play podcast uh, over on the Glass Cannon Network. They do a lot of actual plays and streams and podcasts and stuff. And right now we're doing a um, a uh, Pathfinder adventure Very path cool. for Pathfinder 2E um, called Quest for the Frozen Flame. Where we're in, like the realm of the mammoth lords. Ooh. so it's super cool. I'm a changeling druid who was raised by polar bears. Like, it's so fun.
0: <laughs> I was about t-
1: it is literally so fun. I was about to
0: say, you can't make this stuff up, folks, but that's actually literally what it is. it is it is all made up fun.
1: that's all all we do is make it up. There's nothing there's nothing except making it up. Well, there's a little bit of the adventure path they that they pre-write, but uh, other than that, It's all from these delicious, gorgeous gourds of ours. That's incredible. Um, This is a show that – another word for brain.
0: Does this show live in one place in particular, or is it just like wherever you get podcasts?
1: It's wherever you get podcasts, um, but you can also check them out on their Patreon. My specific podcast is only at the $10 level um, at Glass Cannon Network. Uh, I think it's patreon.com slash glass cannon. and they have tons and tons and tons of podcasts and streams and i've done lots of streams uh for them on twitch and on youtube and we even did um we did a one shot of pathfinder 2e for paizo that's on their youtube channel um right when the whole DD paizo uh like D was screwing up wizard of the coast and hasbro was making enemies with the um with the contract, uh, what's it called?
0: I don't know what the what it's called, but I know what you're talking oh. about, and that was what timing for you all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the OC or some, the the ORC is what the what Piso um, yeah. made. Yeah, um, totally great timing. Super super fun that we got to do that for them and. Uh, I'm so lucky that yeah I get to play pretend with my friends for fun That's <laughs> and money. <laughs> yes
0: uh, two, two very important elements there uh, that's so exciting and I think you know the fun thing about you know we're doing a video game podcast here is that there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of crossover for people who both like you know make them ups but also mm-hmm. uh, like D&D in that whole realm of content.
1: Oh yeah totally and I actually got well, I had a bit of a resurgence with video games in my life at about the same time that I discovered uh, TtRPGs and and role playing. Um, so they're they're intrinsically linked in my mind cool. um, those worlds definitely I
0: love that in my
1: life at least. yeah.
0: I mean, this is sort of just tying into, like, how I know you in general, which is from the UCB theater. I think Mm -hmm. I'm almost sure, too, that I was just aware of you. I knew you were on Mod Night because you were on a team with some friends of mine. But we had – I don't believe we had ever met. Um, But –
1: I don't know. know. Yeah. I knew who you were, but – I don't know if we'd ever actually met. I have a lot of that in the yes. comedy community because I've probably seen you perform a yes. hundred times, and there's so many people that I'm like, oh yeah, that's uh, Dudod, and I've seen them perform ten million times, but I've never actually spoken to them. Yes, <laughs> um, and I but I feel like we're friends, but we're probably not. Right, I don't know. <laughs>
0: you know, we're gonna earn it on this podcast. You and I becoming so right. going from uh, friendly acquaintances to friends uh and now you see how i've labeled it in my head um
1: i love it no i'm in i'm on board okay, all
0: this honesty that we have today uh it's not <laughs> scary um
1: what a great foundation for a friendship. yes
0: uh i'm really starting with communication and and uh they're not boundaries but honesty
1: transparency yeah, love it
0: well we're we're adults um But so that's I mean, that's also such a common occurrence on this show, because as you could guess, the majority of people who guest on the show are also comedians uh, uh, Mm -hmm. or performers, you know, in our our little our sphere, our community. Mm -hmm. But that's how I at least was aware of you. And I don't know if it was through like following each other on like Twitter or something during the pandemic. Um, But you started to tweet about I think someone maybe like retweeted something you tweeted about Zelda, maybe. And oh, I was like yeah. I was like, oh, I know who that person is and they tweeted about something I really like. I'm gonna immediately just follow them. Uh and then started to see that you were you were tweet about video games occasionally and you were starting yeah. to stream. So that's why I was. I was like, if I ever get to know you a little better, I'm gonna reach out to be on the show and here we are.
1: Here we are. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Um that's it was during the pandemic is when I really started playing video games again and you know like I mentioned started playing TTRPGs and it honestly changed my life I've I've never gone back I've been playing games of a sort pretty much ever since full steam ahead Um, totally yeah I just was like a different kind of nerd growing up (laughs) <laughs> like, I didn't know TTRPGs, like Dungeons and, and Dragons. I thought that lived and died in the <laughs> 80s. Yes, I, I didn't even know it existed. And, of course, I loved video games growing up. I um, I was a Game Boy girl. But then, you know, you get older, and a lot of my friends uh, were boys. I was one of those girls that, oh, oh just one of the guys. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Our favorite kind and, of girl. Yeah, hell yeah. And I wasn't very good at video games because I didn't own any consoles. And so I didn't, you know, practice. And uh, my hand-eye coordination just naturally isn't that great anyway. (laughs) Um, So if I ever wanted to play, it would have to be with my friends. And they were so much better than me. And I was one of those neurotic, you know, overachieving kids. You know, if I'm not good at it, I'm not going to do it. Like, I don't like doing anything I'm not good at. So, I would just watch my friends play. And I loved watching my mm. friends play. And I would like Wikipedia the plots to all of the games. Yeah. So, I would like read about Half Life and Half Life 2 and Kill Zone and Fallout and like know the plots and the characters and the gameplay, but never played. Wow. Um, and so. You were like
0: a, almost a dungeon master yourself like full Almost. of the knowledge and the the all the and crucial information just not act not participating as a player
1: yeah all theory no praxis <laughs> had absolutely no experience if i if you ever gave me you know a controller where you could control the camera you know how you can move and camera, double joystick, I would end up in a corner, you know, staring at the ground, walking in circles. I just could not get it and instantly gave up because that's the type of child, gifted child syndrome, (laughs) classic, um, uh, where I was just like, I'm not good at this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I give up. I'm not even going to try. I cannot fail if I do not even... Attempt. In fact,
0: I don't even remember what the thing was. I didn't want to do. I've already forgotten yep, about exactly.
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Never gonna, never even gonna talk about it again. I don't, I don't even care.
0: Um, that also just like, there's so many common th- It's really fun for me to have all sorts of people on this show who have such different, I mean, just different backgrounds, but also like different backgrounds with like entertainment, whether it be games, literature, mm-hmm. whatever. So just like I'm hearing stuff from you that's. That's so that's unique, but also familiar from like, I'm like mm-hmm. remembering other episodes I've done with people where they've just had similar, I'm having a, a pointless epiphany right now, uh,
1: I love that. or just a
0: realization less than a, less of an epiphany.
1: I did have a, well, I have a question for you. Did you have, have you had any other guests on your show that were child actors?
0: You know, I, I, th- I think that my assumption is going to be Yes. Uh, but I'm like... <laughs> this is somewhere in I'm there. I'm sure. I mean, this is episode 155, and most people have been...
1: That's amazing. Like,
0: you know, actors and performers, so I'm guessing so. I'm technically not a child actor, but I did plays and musicals growing up and then quit. There we go. So I don't count, but are you about to reveal that you were a child actor?
1: Hell yeah, baby. That's my <laughs> weird childhood. Yeah. is Yeah, I, I started acting... Uh, in film and television, when I was eight years no old, way. which is yeah, if you uh, believe it, for a child actor is actually a very late start. Practically uh, my, aged <laughs> out of the industry. I know <laughs> a grandmother, um, but so moved to L.A. to pursue my career. Wow! My family moved uh, as well. Just the absolute most supportive. Oh my gosh!
0: In the world, where did you move from?
1: Just from San Diego, oh, and cool. so I spent. Spent a few years with um, my mom driving me up for every audition oh my gosh. and it's like two to three hours each way and uh, sometimes we'd, uh, we bought a van, a conversion van with a bed in oh, the back wow. and we would find like a church parking lot or a nice neighborhood and like sleep yes. the night and then she'd wake up really early and drop me off at school the next day because I went to public school the whole yeah. time. And so after a few years of that, my mom was like, okay, this doesn't seem to be a phase. <laughs> She's still doing it. I was working. And so we moved We moved to LA that's, for, for my career.
0: That's incredible. You've also seamlessly helped me get into the portion where we just learn a little bit more about you and what you do in general. Um, but if anything you want to share about that while we're recording, please do because it seems like a treasure trove. Uh,
1: it's it was can, wild. Can I
0: ask you one question about that? Uh, do yeah. you remember like a, like a notable job you booked uh, that you want to like bring up right now? Whether it was something funny oh or goodness. cool or embarrassing.
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah. This one is probably um, was my biggest job when I was a kid. I was on a Nickelodeon show for a few years called Unfabulous. Um, starring Emma Roberts. Oh my gosh, uh, I had a friend. Do you remember that show? Yeah, and I have a friend who
0: was on that show <gasps> as well. Do you know Jordan Calloway? No way. Yes, yes, you know Jordan? I went to college with Jordan.
1: No Yeah, we way. were in the film. Well, I knew him first. Oh,
0: well, uh, you also probably know him better. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we haven't spoken like that's, since the show. That's
0: amazing. I had no idea. I mean, like I, that was like my, my touchstone for that show is Emma Roberts and that my friend Jordan was in it. But I had I, definitely seen it growing up, but I don't remember it well. But that's incredible.
1: Isn't that wild? Yeah. So I did that show and I played the nerd. Um, I'm going to be doing a. some
0: furious IMDB searching after this. I just want you to know.
1: I go ahead. She, she, Mary Ferry is a star. She was the nerd. She, I always wore pigtails and glasses. And so never got recognized or anything like that. But it is funny how life sort of imitated art in that, like, I am a huge nerd. And, like, all I do is play TTRPGs and uh, and video games. And, like, I went, you know, loved school, obsessed with school. And, like, uh, so. That's uh, Mary Fairy knew before before I did how big of a nerd I was Oh
0: Mary Fairy what a hero stage name or was that the character's name
1: That was her char- that was the character's name So your name, name
0: was Mary too that's kind of a trip Isn't that yeah. wild it's,
1: I think it's destiny I think it was destiny all along yeah. And I went to the audition in pigtails and glasses wow. and knee socks and uh, high top chucks and for every single episode and I was in I think 36 episodes I was uh, uh, in pigtails glasses Knee highs and high top chest. I
0: think you basically deserve, like, a characters buy credit. Do
1: I deserve a writing credit? Yeah, I
0: would say so. I think we've got a I case agree. here that we could bring to Hollywood.
1: I know. That's my IP, baby. That's my IP. <laughs>
0: that's uh, that's so incredible. I'm so glad you didn't bring up anything else because that was amazing. And also, it's fun to have, <laughs> like, just, like, a mutual connection. Um,
1: yeah, how bizarre. I had no idea. Yeah, really. What a small world. Very
0: small. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, that's incredible. You, you perform, I mean, you were talked about the, uh, podcast you've been doing and you're also mm-hmm. a performer on mod night at the UCB theater. Well, you're, you were, no but you're with the incredible sketch team Moon Goon, and you have a yes. show coming up too. I just, like you just started posting about today.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. So we used to be a mod team yes. and, um, during the pandemic, we, 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 stayed friends we stayed creating our group chat was one of the most consistent uh, sources of friendship for me during uh, the pandemic even when i i moved across the country um and when things started opening up again we we kept creating we kept doing shows even though ucb was still closed we would meet every week and re- read each other our pilots and sketches and and when UCB opened back up, we they said, do you wanna be a part of Mod Night again? And we said, well, actually we wanna be a weekend yeah. team. We think we've been doing shows for months now. And they were like, wow, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, bold. I like so it.
1: So I literally, yeah. literally, the artistic director was like, wow, bold. We love it. <laughs> I feel
0: like I know who that is. I mean, there's not a lot of – there's f- just a few choices. There's only like three choices yeah. of who yeah.
1: it could be, and I think you're probably right. Um, and so we started doing weekend shows for UCB, and our next one is April, April. Three Saturdays in April, and it's CityWalk, the musical.
0: My goodness. <laughs> uh, abs-
1: it's going to be so good. It's so funny already. I'm
0: definitely going to come to one of those. I can't wait Check for that. Um, and we've had a few moon gooners on the show before, too. We've had...
1: That doesn't surprise me of at course, all. Uh,
0: I think I think we've had three. Angela, mm-hmm. Jeremy, and mm-hmm. Paul. Um, and then... I actually DM'd Perfect. Skylar today to be like, hey, do you want to be on my show sometime? Because we've talked about Perfect. it in person, but sometimes it takes the official, like, let me get it in a message so that I actually follow yeah. up. Um, yeah. But
1: po- um, Skylar, you should talk to Jasmine. J- I've got to have Jasmine you talk on to too. Yeah. Josh Flurry.
0: My gosh. Uh,
1: but. The all the people you mentioned are we we met in Animal Crossing during oh, the pandemic. That was like our Animal Crossing Moon Goon crew. Yes. That's
0: <laughs>
1: they all had great islands. Mine was a mess. But.
0: <laughs> well, hey, there's gotta you, you, there's gotta be one. Uh, and of and course, th- and it was thank me. Thank you for your service. Well, <laughs> thank um, you,
1: making everybody else feel better about their. Yeah, islands. you're
0: really you know that's really selfless of you. I, I'm really that means a lot. Uh, <laughs> no problem uh, to them. I'm sure. Um so anything that you've plugged today or that we continue to plug throughout the show, I forgot to mention, is going to be in a link in the show notes. So if you want to go to uh, to Moongoon's upcoming show, uh, City Walk the Musical, or check out anything that either of us plug, there's a link in the show notes. Um, is there anything about yourself, uh, just in general, that you didn't get to share that you'd like to before we uh, get into some other stuff?
1: Mm, I think that that has most of my stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. Got pretty much all my stuff. Comedy, games, music. um, Oh, yeah. I have two cats. I mean a lot to me. You
0: sing a lot, too, and are a really talented singer as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've been... So I've been acting since I was eight, and I've been singing since I was six. Wow. Um, And it's uh, truly the only thing that I know I'm good at. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We all have our, like, one thing, you know, and that's my one. Um, The rest of it... The rest of it I just hope I'm good at, but that one I know. Uh, and that's what pretty much my whole life is is about right now, which totally rocks.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing about yourself. It even helped me to get to know you a little bit better too. And I'm sure the, the listener's just eating it up.
1: Uh, oh, geez, guys. Oh,
0: golly, but before we get into your brief history uh, or a, a brief summary of your history, mm-hmm. history, I'm speaking right. Correct?
1: Uh, It's it's all
0: working. Uh, Before we talk about your history with video games, would you do me a favor and uh, tell me what you brought on today and call me by your game?
1: I am so honored to bring this game in. I am shocked that it hasn't been scooped up in 155 episodes. But I am pleased as punch to be talking about Skyrim today
0: can't wait um yeah it's one of those that it is surprising that it hasn't been like someone's personal episode yet we, yeah. we had someone come on recently we had Jake Regal come on and talk about Super Mario World which is especially for a particular a big one. yeah for like a whole generation is like enormous it's like the game so mm-hmm. it's just, it just but it kind of makes it fun we don't always get people's favorite games and I don't even know if this is your favorite but we get just fun we get a lot of fun choices um but I will say is that I should send this episode to you um every month on our Patreon we do a a group version of this show where I talk to like a panel about a meaningful game to us and I also include a little bit more about like my personal experience than when I'm sort of like doing this one-on-one interview and I think like our fifth or sixth episode, we did one on Skyrim, and so I'm going to have to send that to you. That's right. Um, yeah,
1: I would love to hear yeah, it. Yeah,
0: it's been over two years. But anyway, glad you brought it on. Let's get into your history with games. Um, you sort of even gave us uh, some really fun previews earlier, but when do you hint. remember taking like an interest for the first time?
1: Well, I was, uh, you know, very much a product of my generation, the Game Boy uh Era, you know, I was a kid when the Game Boy came out. I had the Game Boy Color, the one that was translucent purple. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. You know, so not the first generation Game Boy, but the second. And um, played Pokemon Mm. yellow and red and blue uh, uh, so much, just so many hours of it. Um, And And so that's very formative for me. It was Pokemon. I didn't play a lot of other games. I played some racing games. I I don't know. I think I had like a SpongeBob game, maybe a Spyro (laughs) that I didn't play that much. But for me, it was really all about Pokemon. And then when the Game Boy SP came out, I got the Game Boy SP. The one that like, Oh, the
0: clamshell with the light. The
1: clamshell. Ooh, with the light. Mm -hmm. That was clutch. That changed things for me. Yeah, because I also had one of those, you know, those accessories for your Game Boy that would clip on Mm -hmm. with like a clip on light.
0: Yes. I had a. I
1: had that for the Game Boy. I
0: had like a, like a little lime green worm light. Do you remember those? It was just like a little squiggly thing with a little light that would sort of illuminate your Game Boy when it was dark.
1: Barely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Had one of those, and then the Game Boy SP came out with the built-in backlight. And that mm. was just life-changing. Um, and pretty much only exclusively played Pokemon Crystal. Oh man. Uh, as, as well as um Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh. Really? There was a Yu-Gi-Oh! game. Yeah. Uh I think it was like the it's like Yu-Gi-Oh! World Championships or something like oh, that. Wow. Uh played that into the ground. But this is a theme that you'll you'll see. Uh, see with me later and I, I guess I kind of already brought it up I was one of those crazy high achieving kids where if I'm not good at it I'm not doing it and I um, was afraid of things that I wasn't yeah. uh, I was afraid of failure um, so I played so many hours of Pokemon but I've never to this day never played the Elite Four.
0: Oh my gosh and it just never, never went. You know what?
1: Never went. Well, I, I would get there. Yes. I would get there and, you know, make it to Victory Road, make it to the gates, and then immediately quit and start a new game.
0: Oh, wow. That's so, uh, that's like mind-blowing to hear.
1: Yeah. I did that. I cannot tell you how many yeah. times. And then in Crystal, yeah, Indigo Plateau. I would make it to the Indigo Plateau. Stop. Start a new game. Oh.
0: Well, first of all, I, I am just absolutely blown away right now, but- I just want to say that not that not that you'll necessarily go back and replay those, but if you do, if I do, I will say specifically there's a treat for you after the Indigo Plateau in Crystal. And really? by treat, I mean I'm, so Pokemon Gold and Silver, and I never got to play Crystal. Those oh, I love. Those it. are I know that Silver is my fourth favorite game ever. I have a list. I trust. I know exactly what my list is, but uh, at least for like my top ten, but.
1: Oh, that makes me so happy because I feel like that's an underrated generation. But. It's
0: it's my personal favorite, and so and good. red and blue and yellow were really special to me too. But silver was like another. Level. Oh, I,
1: I had silver too. I loved crystal, but I had yes. silver. I didn't have gold, but I did play silver a lot.
0: Um, there's there's just like uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, just in case you do get a hankering and go back. But I would encourage you to to see it through because you can beat them. You're very capable. Uh, and then we'll see. And then I after that is just like. That's probably going to break your brain what happens, but it's it's cool.
1: Oh, boy. Um, okay, I got to do it. Someday I will. Yeah,
0: I don't want to build it up too much, but that's so fun. Do you, like, looking back at those early days, were there Pokemon you were attached to or, like, you were your favorites that you remember at all?
1: Oh, I had lots of favorites. I've always loved Lapras, something about her. She's so beautiful. Elegant. and Elegant and serene. Um, I would always, like pick a favorite if there were uh, like legendaries of a set oh, you know mm-hmm. so I loved Lugia instead of Ho-Oh me too mm-hmm. I, that's why I bought silver um, you know or I liked oh gosh I can't pick from the the main three though but I loved Pikachu of course who doesn't I'm not an idiot yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, above it who doesn't love Pikachu yeah. <laughs> yeah you say you don't love Pikachu you liar um,
0: <laughs> and we're talking and to you try hard
1: <laughs> yeah Everybody loves Pikachu. He's perfect. Um, but I loved fire types. I've always loved electric types. Cool. Um, it's really hard for me to pick, pick favorites. Yeah, you I truly a just, few, like, loved the experience. Oh, but I loved – I was a horse girl, so I loved, like, Stantler and Giraffarig, oh, wow. and obviously Ponyta. Mm-hmm. Um, Ponyta meant a lot to me emotionally mm. um, and Rapidash, of course. All of, all of the horse Pokemon will have a very special place in my heart forever. Um, Mudsdale and um, all of those, all those guys, that, a little obsessed.
0: That's uh, so much fun. Uh, I could talk to you. I could bug you about those early generations for a while. And um, as I was, I was doing on our, like our housekeeping where our patrons are voting on our next games club. And Ooh. I'm hoping so bad I've been super Oh, I hope
1: they pick it too been, I heard that yeah. and I was like come on been, pick Pokemon guys I've been
0: very transparent about where my allegiance is and what I want uh, <laughs> so uh, it. so I'm I'm hoping that works out but either way um, it's fun to hear you like we're such a handheld kid did you ever have your own like console or was it just playing friends.
1: No, no, I, I never had my own console. I didn't play with friends. I only played my Game Boy. Um, that conversion van I mentioned earlier, that came with a little Super Nintendo. And so I think, oh my I, gosh. think I played, yeah, I think I I might have played a couple games of Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, I think I had a PlayStation in middle school, but by then the PlayStation was already like, obsolete my parents i don't know got it from a goodwill or something yeah and so i'm i played like a a bit of tony hawk pro skater played like uh dance dance revolution you know but was not a huge not a huge console player totally growing up at all it was pretty much just me and my game boy that's awesome Um, though and then somehow somewhere in high school got too busy, put it down, and pretty much didn't pick it back up again until my video game renaissance during the pandemic.
0: That's amazing. Uh, I've got a few questions for you. Uh, yeah. The, the first of which is you had already named um, some, like, games you remember, like, watching your friends play. Um, yes. If if there's one from that era, feel free to shout it out. But are there others – did you continue doing that in any way with new groups of friends before your renaissance?
1: Or was it just that really? Crew? It was really just like watching my high school crew, you know, hanging out with the guys. Yeah. What would we do? There's not a ton to do when you're a teenager. And one of the things, we'd see movies and uh, we'd play video games. And um, the big one was Killzone. There was a lot of Killzone. Uh, Little Big Planet. Oh, I've
0: never played one really of those, big. but it looks so charming.
1: Oh, it was. Yeah. And at the time... It, I don't know if you remember, but at the time, Little Big Planet was like the absolute height of video game physics, mm. and that's like all the gameplay is about—like real-life physics oh. and solving problems. As this little adorable little sack, sack boy creature, um, <laughs> getting through the getting through the level is like using real-world physics and working together to do that. It was kind of one of the first games to sort of make that the the play style, mm. and it was really exciting and. Very interesting and cool, and I still wasn't very good at it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of, like, COD, Call of Duty would watch. Um, a lot of first-person shooters, zombie games, um, Nazis versus zombies.
0: Oh, yeah. I had some college roommates who I would, like, play with them a little bit, but they were more of the COD people. But they would yeah. do, yeah, the, like, Nazi zombies uh, challenge, which I th- I don't know if it was, like, an endless challenge. Oh, yeah, loop.
1: not Nazis <laughs> – not Nazis versus zombies. <laughs> oh, who do Nazi I root zombies? for? Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> I didn't ever
0: think I'd be rooting for the zombies, but here we are.
1: Here we are. Uh, go zombies! <laughs> yeah, go zombies.
0: Uh, that's that's <laughs> so fun and cool. Um, and then, of course, I mean, sort of leads up to your Renaissance time. But is there anything about like your history? Oh, I've I've actually got I got a I got a question for you. I got a question.
1: Oh, let's hear it. Um, I'm ready. Outside
0: of Skyrim that we're talking about today. What's another game or two in the past couple years in this renaissance that you've really
1: enjoyed? Oh gosh, there are a few. Um, I So I started with Animal Crossing, right? Yes. Like Like hundreds and hundreds of thousands, millions of us during the pandemic, picked up Animal Crossing on my ex-boyfriend's Switch mm-hmm. and was like, I like this. I'm bored. I'll get my own switch, um, just to play Animal Crossing. And then he had a few games, so I started playing his. Once I got bored of Animal Crossing, um, and I started playing Zelda Breath of the yes. Wild, which I to this day think is a perfect game. Um, it is so good, and it was perfect for me at the time, having absolutely no skills um, to to build me up. Uh, And teach me, you know, the hand-eye coordination, the uh, reflexes, the uh, muscle memory um, to play games while still being like interesting and not feeling like I'm babied. Um, So played a lot of Breath of the Wild, and that game changed my life. And then played Skyrim, and then Red Dead Redemption. Wow, a lot of open uh, world stuff. I love an open world RPG. i just a little obsessed. It's kind of the only thing that I want to play yeah. ever. Um, so those were the ones that really were my foundation of like, oh, this is what I want to do all the time. Yes, yeah. I want to play. I want to play my games. I I would spend hours playing Red Dead. I called it playing my horsies. Oh, um, <laughs> horse girl I want to go play horsies. Yeah, Horse Girl returns. Truly, I just loved, love the horsies, loved the stories, loved the characters, loved the gameplay. I, I, I'm actually not that bad, it turns out. Cool. Um, I just like didn't have experience. Um, and who knew? Who knew? Right? Just give her a um, shot. That all you had to do was like try, yeah. <laughs> um, and and work at something and improve. That was not something I like really wanted to do. Um, in my childhood, I wanted to be instantly good at everything. Um, relatable, but oh, for sure. um unrealistic um uh, so those were the big ones for me it was zelda and red dead but right now i'm playing um dragon's dogma what is i know this it's a capcom game from like i don't know know, 2011 look it up it kicks ass it's just another like sword and sorcery rpg okay um multi-class sort of uh you know you could be a spellcaster or or a fighter or whatever and you're the chosen one and etc um but god it's so good is, there's a netflix <laughs> i'm enjoying show? it so much what
0: according to netflix well, according to bing which unfortunately is where i'm searching
1: <laughs> wow bing i love yeah, that for you that's
0: a move uh it says that netflix has a show called dragon's dogma that debuted in
1: 2020 excuse I, me i'm
0: not sure if it's the same property but i would assume it has to be
1: well, I'm also yep. googly-
0: confirmed, us. I can confirm it according to the Dragon's Dogma Wikipedia page. Wow!
1: Cool! Oh, it's like an anime.
0: Oh my gosh! Look at that! Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I love an odd pod discovery.
1: Very interesting. Okay. Well, I got to watch that. It does not have great ratings. <laughs> <laughs> But the game is really good. The game is awesome. What are
0: you are you playing on the Switch right now or a computer?
1: I am playing it on the Switch right now. Um, even though I I now I'm mostly a PC gamer. Oh. I'm a real gamer girl. Hell yeah. But I love my PlayStation. Um I yeah, I'm playing that one on Switch because I wanted I wanted a good RPG on my Switch that I could just like travel around with and pick up whenever. Fun. Um like, something new that I hadn't beaten yet. And so that's where I found Dragon's Dogma. And so far, it's really scratching that itch. Okay. I love it.
0: Oh, that's great. Are Are you... Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about Zelda. Are you looking forward to the next game that comes out in May?
1: Yes! I can't believe it. I am so, so, so excited. I've, you know, the trailers have been pretty short, but the gameplay looks cool. I'm gonna fly around. Seems awesome. Yeah. And I loved Breath of the Wild, so... I just, I I can't imagine that this one isn't another home run.
0: I'm, I've, I talked about this literally with the last guest, but I'm really okay not seeing anything else more about the game. Like, I, yeah, I assume they'll probably do a little additional marketing, but I'm like, I'm gonna be there for I'm it. I'm in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if pre sales were, were open, I will, I would have already bought it. And you they know, are. like, Oh, they are? They are. Well, l- look at me. I'm behind. Um, well, I'm going to go buy Best one. Bestbuy.com.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's
1: go, Best Buy. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited. Cool. I can't wait. Ah. Especially since it seems like they've taken their time. Yes. It doesn't seem to have been really rushed. Like, a lot of sequels can be sequels to a big hit. Yes. Um,
0: They really have. So. They, like, the original game came out just over six years ago now we just crossed Mm -hmm. the anniversary of the switch uh being released with that game but uh the first trailer i think came out at e3 2019 so two years after that and that'll be four years ago this spring which is just yeah so i'm also glad that they took their time and uh Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: i had to ask you about that since you were a yeah i'm stoked
1: about it so i'm i'm really glad that they took their time i expect it to be uh, really, really good on launch. I've played a few games this year that were maybe not so great at launch. Oh sure. Um, the last, the last Pokemon game oh, was yes. so good. I uh, I loved Scarlet. Um, I had such a good time. It was pretty buggy on launch. Um, but I, I did like Legends of Arceus better. Oh, I thought was, I had that, Arceus, that was fun too. I don't know how to pronounce it? God, what a fun game! It was just so different, and like they nailed it. Oh, it was so exciting! Nobody thought they could do it. They thought it couldn't be done—an open-world Pokemon game—but they did it. Um, and recently, I've been playing um, Cyberpunk. Oh, fun! 2077 yeah. on PlayStation, and I mean, talk about uh, a crazy launch. That was like <laughs> that, notorious. That's probably bad. the most
0: famously terrible launch.
1: Like, just so bad. And I didn't even play it, but I, you know, I didn't bother because it was this huge game and it was slow and buggy and all the, the clipping and crazy graphics and gameplay. I was like, I'm not bothering with it. But in the, like, year or so since, they've completely, like, patched everything up. All of the bugs are all cleaned up. And I've been playing it, having a great time. Wow. Absolutely loving it. So if you... Uh, wanted to give Cyberpunk 2077 another chance or a first chance, I say go for it because I've been having a great time playing that game. Really, really fun.
0: Mary Lou just jaunting around Night City. What a time.
1: Just loving it.
0: Uh, That is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing about your history with games in general. Um, My pleasure. We're going to take a quick break and then when we come back we'll talk about all things Skyrim. So I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here with Mary Lou to discuss Skyrim. Mary Lou, hello. Hi. Here we are back ready to, you know, just get into get into all the fun, take a few arrows to the knee, have a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, like I told you before we started recording, uh, before we get into your personal history, we're just gonna do a little table setting and just talk about what Skyrim is for the listener. I think a lot of Love people, it. I mean, it's an incredibly popular game. I think people mm-hmm. are gonna be familiar with it. Um, but just so we do our due dil- diligence, I'm just gonna start sharing. If there's anything as I'm going through that you wanna include uh, or, or there's something that you think is important for us to share, Please do it anytime. time. Um, Absolutely. Otherwise, I'll just monologue uh, for, for a brief amount of time. Uh, Let's
1: go at it. I might pipe up. I love to pipe up. It's like one of my favorite hobbies. We love pi- people who pipe
0: up, so this is a good fit. Uh, <laughs> the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim yes. is an action RPG uh, open world video game developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It is the fifth main installment if the – after Elder Scrolls didn't give it away in the Elder Scrolls series following 2006's The Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion uh, and was released worldwide for Microsoft Windows, PS3, and Xbox 360 uh, on the faded eleven eleven eleven. Did you know this fun fact that it was released? I
1: had no idea.
0: They, they had a very – I think it was It was all a part of the marketing um, that it was getting released on on that day. Wow. And um, Bethesda's newest game that they're working on, or this this team, they're working on, uh, I, have you heard of Starfield at all?
1: Mm, yes. Well, I
0: think actually that'll be like a little side bonus wreck to check out. It's not out yet, but they were hoping to release it last year on 11-11-22, but they oh. had to delay it. Um, so anyway, it's... Uh, so- I-
1: Gotta say, I appreciate that. I would much rather a game be delayed than come out bad. Yes.
0: There's like uh, an overused uh, Shigeru Miyamoto quote uh, where he says, I think he says pretty much exactly what you just said, which is like a game re- like, like delayed can someday be good, but a game released bad is like forever tainted or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, of course, this probably happening before the days of patches and all that, but anyway, yeah. Starfield might be up your alley being an open world RPG person. Ooh, it looks love it. it's sort of like a I mean, it's essentially Skyrim in space. Uh,
1: I'm in. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm in. Yeah,
0: there we go. Um but anyway, back to this game. Uh Skyrim is set 200 years after the events of Oblivion and takes place in Skyrim. Uh, go figure. The northernmost province of Tamriel. Its main story focuses on the player's character, the Dragonborn, on their quest to defeat Alduin, the World Eater, a dragon who is prophesied to destroy the world. Over the course of the game, the player competes quests and develops the character by improving skills. The game continues the open world tradition of its predecessors by allowing the player to travel anywhere in the game uh, in the game world at any time or- and to ignore or postpone uh, the main storyline indefinitely if they want uh the director is uh fairly famous from bethesda todd howard it was produced by ashley chang and craig lafferty uh the composer is jeremy sewell uh the writer
1: is and the music is so good music
0: is is great i've got actually have a music fun fact for you during the fun facts oh i can't wait um but yeah this is um one of the most famous games of all time it's been ported a million times to a million systems uh it's it's fantastic there's probably a million other like details we could include is there anything just like bullet point wise that you think would be helpful to include about this game before we get into your time with
1: it um it's the the last in the the elder scrolls official games though there is eso um elder scrolls online which i played a lot of Ooh, what um, do you that does think?
0: get can i can i ask you about that
1: Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was really fun. Um, It's like exactly what I liked about Skyrim, except I could play with my friends. Mm. And I will say it's a little overwhelming. The amount of content is just staggering. Hmm. It's like 50 Skyrim's uh, (laughs) uh, worth of quests and side quests. And fetch quests and uh you know there's there's a main story but then there's also chapters and then you unlock them and there's every single land including skyrim and you can go everywhere that's ever been in elder scrolls and then some of it is uh some of it's like battle royale and some of it oh it's very overwhelming but if you have a small group of pals who love it, it is so much fun. Mm. And I played it alone a lot <laughs> and had a great time. But um, had some friends that I played with too, and that was awesome. I've always – I've been looking for an online gaming community yeah. <laughs> for myself, you know, like of just a small group of pals where I can just sign on and be like, hey, is anybody playing, you know? And ESO was really great for that. Um, so is Destiny, I had some great friends mm. play that played Destiny, that I played that for a little while, loved it. Another like, very good at fostering community. Yeah. But a little hard to maybe get into and stick to if you don't have the community just cuz because it's so much more fun with it. Yes. It's not that it's not a fun game without it. It's just so much more fun with friends that like if you see people doing that, it's like kind of a bummer if you're not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely.
1: So, but I really liked it. It's it's definitely not reinventing the wheel, but it's it's exactly what I wanted.
0: Yeah. That's that's fantastic. I mean, hearing you talk, you know talk about wanting to find like a consistent online community. I feel like I can relate to that in a lot of ways. I mean, I do – the majority of my gaming is solo. Um, yeah. But I do Same. love and think I have my favorite moments with other people, whether it's like crowding around a TV to play Mario Kart or on playing something online together. It just, yeah. yeah, it takes like consistency and investment and it's just, it's a challenge, you know, with it's us being nice. such busy bees out here in LA.
1: Such busy little bees. And I have the weirdest schedules, you know, <laughs> where I can sleep in until noon, but I don't finish work until 1 a.m. because I had a show, yes. you know, or I'm going to three different rehearsals all day. So the weirdest schedule, but.
0: It's even hard to, I've been getting back into streaming consistently, which is something I know you've done a, a bit of as well. Yes. And, that's, and I loved it. I love it too. It the challenge is, like even consistency. Just, even just if I were to have want like two consistent nights a week, that already gets dicey. Of like, well, what if a show that I actually want to do comes up? What if this mm-hmm. friend that I haven't seen in forever is like, hey, I can hang. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, as, or like...
1: What if I'm in a musical and that's the only time that the whole rest of the cast can perform? What am I going to say? No, I have to play video games? Yeah. That's honestly why I... I so I started streaming and loved it. Mm-hmm. But why I stopped is I just couldn't be consistent and felt a little overwhelmed by how much I needed to be consistent. It's really important. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it.
0: I think it's, it's really hard to grow... I mean, its growth on Twitch is really a challenge for any small mm-hmm. creator, but uh, that without the consistency too, it just adds like another little layer to that mm-hmm, difficulty. That difficulty. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, thank. Oh,
1: but that's ESO. <laughs> yes, thank you for sharing about
0: that and letting me yeah. go on a little tangent. But let's get into your time with Skyrim. I don't yeah. can't recall if you mentioned it today, but how did you discover this game?
1: So, um, uh, you know, I started playing on my boyfriend at the time on his switch and then was like, I'll get my own switch. And, um, and so he had a bunch of games that during the pandemic, I was like, you know what, I really like this little thing. Yeah, (laughs) I'm enjoying this going back to my roots of, you know, like, sitting on a couch and playing Pokemon for 10 hours straight. I have ADHD so I can hyper focus like a bitch, you know? (laughs) And I don't need to sleep or eat or go to the bathroom. Um, All I need is my my games and, um, or my book or whatever. And he was playing through Skyrim and he adopted two daughters. And I thought that was so funny. (laughs) You know how you can adopt some of the little orphan children running around each town. Um, he adopted Lucia. I remember Lucia and someone else. I forget, but I thought it was so funny. And I was like, "Do you think I could play?" And he was like, "Well, there's difficulty, you know, uh, sliders. So probably, mm-hmm. go ahead, take my take my copy." And I started because I had just finished. Well, <laughs> I had not finished Breath of the Wild because I never beat it. <laughs> I made it to the castle and quit.
0: That sounds like um, you.
1: Yeah, it's a really classic thing with me. I like get to the end, and I'm like, I I lose all passion for it. I there are very few games that I've beaten. The first game I ever beat was the Yu Gi Oh World Amazing. Championship, uh, and I've only beaten one Pokemon game, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, I did finish Red Dead Redemption, but that's just because that's a movie, and yeah. I w- wanted to see what happened. Yeah, um, but. So I I had had burned out on Breath of the Wild after playing it for literally hundreds of hours <laughs> and going literally finished every single side quest. Wow. Uh, there was nothing left for me to do except for go into the castle and beat Ganondorf, and I just stopped, <laughs>
0: <Amazing>. <laughs> which is
1: classic, classic moi. <laughs> um, and so I was like, all right, I'll start Skyrim, and. Um, you know, notched it all the way down. It has normal, easy, and apprentice. <laughs> and I started on apprentice. That's and so there was like one frost troll, or like one frost spider, that I was like, I can maybe do this on easy, and absolutely not, I could not. I <laughs> rolled rolled it back to apprentice, um, but was totally hooked, mm. totally hooked, since then, and played hundreds of hours of Skyrim nonstop. Since that first. And that's that's the game that I truly credit with me being like, oh, I can play. Yes. Like, I, I can be a gamer. Because Breath of the Wild and Zelda, it feels a little special, right? Like, kids play Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. as well as adults, you know? And so I thought maybe this is just a fluke because it's such a well-designed game and, you know, I, I was able – to. you get leveled up. You get, you know, overpowered. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe – Maybe that was just a fluke that I was good at this game. Um but then started playing Skyrim and, you know, after I got used to the gameplay and and such, I realized like, "Oh, I I love video games." Yeah. I love playing video games. I love RPGs. I love the, you know, uh dual control stick. Like I love all of this. I, I I can do this. I can play other games. I can play any game, probably. Yeah. Um. So that's Skyrim was definitely that game for me that made that really opened up the world.
0: I love um, that.
1: Yeah, I've, it was very exciting. You,
0: you've talked about you know that realizing that that was the the game that showed you that you could play video games and that you love them, but and that like I think you were mentioning getting used to the gameplay. Was That it, yeah, it was
1: really hard for me.
0: Yeah. What was the – can you put a finger on, like, what the reason was that that's the game that did that for you? Or was it just, like – were you sort of just in it and then realized, oh.
1: I think because, um, like, it is so versatile, the mm-hmm. combat, how you can be a spellcaster – or a tanky, you know, up-close melee fighter, or a stealth archer, the (laughs) classic, is that everybody's like, I'm not gonna play a stealth archer, and then 30 levels later, you're like, oh, I accidentally made another stealth archer. It's inevitable. It's inevitable, just like crabs. Um, (laughs) Everybody evolves into a stealth archer eventually. Um, Like, it it was so that I could, like, change tacks, and... uh, allowed me to to start as like a long range or a ranged uh fighter cuz I, I just get really nervous i get really flustered and when there's ah like all of a sudden all of these like Draugr and and spiders and frostrolls and i i panic and i you know button mash and and uh, you know it took me some time to like <laughs> learn to breathe through it <laughs> and and you know stay calm and i'm i'm and not but also in Skyrim, you can button mash a little bit and still be successful. So um, I think that was part of it where I was like, okay, well, this tack isn't working in this dungeon. So mm-hmm. i got to try something else. I'll try being, you know, m- casting magic. And then, okay, i got to be a, a, a melee fighter. And um, it's so easy to level up and get stronger that, you know, I could notch up the difficulty level and still feel like I was having fun. Um, I know a lot of people play games and they enjoy it when it's difficult like it's a real challenge <laughs> you know and um, they'll play the same level a thousand times and um, and that just wasn't what was fun to me sure. I like to experience it and move on and that was uh, <laughs> I played Elden Ring uh, oh, when no it came way. out. Oh yeah, it's hundreds of hours of Elden Ring, and that was a really big exercise in patience and perseverance, because famously, Dark Souls games, uh, Souls-like games, do not have difficulty levels, and I just had to get good, as they say. Um, And I still can't beat Melania. I don't want to talk about it.
0: I do want to say that I was really close to including that as one of the game recommendations. Really? It's not a game I've played uh, because I just knew it wasn't for me. Uh, yeah. I was like, I'm going to let my friends who love this genre enjoy it. And I even like listened to them on a couple podcasts talk about it because it's yeah. just fun to hear what they love. Um, yeah. But I almost included it for you uh, because, of course, every game that – uh, you know, they're all the recommendations are all based on what you bring, and there's always right. like something similar. And so I was gonna, the connection I was gonna make was another open world RPG, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, with the heavy on lore and.
1: Uh, Ugh, and I love lore.
0: Yes, a lore head.
1: I'm a lore head. That's why I like Destiny, even though I'm not great at first person shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, Destiny has such great lore and story and stuff, and I love Elden Ring. I really did. Yeah. The lore is incredible. It was beautiful. It was terrifying. Great characters. Great graphics. Um, it was just really difficult for yes. me. But it was a learning experience, learning and growing, just like Skyrim was at that time for yeah. me. Um, was really sort of wiring in those reflexes mm-hmm. that I that pe- some people have decades of. Yes. You know, you pick, you start playing Nintendo when you're six. And, and you don't stop playing. I played Game Boy, but a lot of it was turn based, right? Yeah. Yu Gi Oh!, Pokemon. Um, and so that sort of like time pressure was really <laughs> scary.
0: It's a lot <laughs> to <laughs> my body. Yeah. It's
1: definitely. I get really involved <sighs> in my games, you know, emotionally yes. invested. So, like, uh, uh, Really feeling physically when I'm playing these games and getting startled or scared or in combat, you know, my yeah. heart would be racing and I'm um, You're really immersed. Really immersed. I love it. Oh, what can I say? I'm, I'm a very uh, enthusiastic liver of life. Um, and the Skyrim, really, I was able to like very patient. Part of it is that it's so repetitive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's like hundreds of the same tomb.
0: Yes. Yeah. You
1: know um that I I was able to practice and build those like synapses and reflexes and muscle memory yeah. um skills in my fingers and in my brain that were necessary for all of the games that came later. Yeah. Um I really really that's where I worked it all out it was in Skyrim was building those, those muscles.
0: um, You've already given me like so much to sort of like pick at little, like, and and ask you about little things. Um, Of course I won't have time to do it all, but the first thing that that you're jogging in my brain is that this is like a formative experience for you. Totally. A lot later than people are generally not just open to that, but like have the even desire to, to do it. Um,
1: Yeah. I felt like a kid again. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. That's cool. I felt felt like a kid again. I was having this experience of like learning and growing and developing (laughs) as a 30 year old, you know, and uh, it was really great for me during the pandemic. I Mm -hmm. didn't have a lot else to do. You know, I'm a performer. I'm a comedian. You were there. There wasn't that much to do. Um,
0: That's saying the truth.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I it was a great thing for me to throw myself into and I was so fulfilled by it. That's creatively great. Uh, y- loving the stories and the characters and the experience. I was really engaged you know intellectually and um, my attention was was fully, fully on it. Uh, it was a really wonderful way to have spent my pandemic. I have zero regrets playing literally hundreds and hundreds of hours of video games, because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, it changed my life. I truly changed the course of my my whole path in this world. Um, so, pretty exciting. I love it. <laughs> I love video games. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm a gamer girl now. <laughs>
0: Uh, you get the official stamp of gamer girl. Gamer uh,
1: girl, what's uh, up? It's,
0: gosh, it's so much fun to hear all of this too. Um, not only the, like the kind of effect that opening yourself up and in, to this, you know, I mean, essentially a new a medium that you hadn't really engaged with so much for years.
1: Completely, yeah. Um,
0: that's that's really uh, cool and inspiring. But it's also it's so amazing to see. I feel like you're like you are an example. Of a of a level of engagement and and joy that p- not everyone f- people might dip back into like a medium like video games, mm-hmm. and I just feel like you're kind of getting the most out of it that someone could have is that like you not only enjoyed it during that time but you're you're so in that you're playing stuff like Elden Ring, like, yeah, and you're uh, essentially this experience that you're sharing um, is sort of a at least from my perspective seems like a testament that like if it's something you're interested in. You can do it. Um, Whether it's – whether I'm speaking about like literally you specifically who I I don't know that well or like someone in general in life is like uh, if you're interested in anything like you were interested in video games, Mm -hmm. look at you now. You're like a proficient enjoyer of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was fun to me. So I did it and I wasn't the best. Uh, I wasn't even very good but I got better Mm -hmm. and – and so now I can play any game that I want to play. Yeah. Um, but I'm still doing it just because I like doing it, right? Like I love playing the games. And now I have the skills to to play any game that I want to play. I, I remember thinking about Elden Ring and being like I shouldn't even – it took me a while to buy It, it took me a couple months because I – I was like, well, I'm not gonna be good enough. I know about, I know about, you know, FromSoft games. I know they're hard. I know it's not for me. I'm bad. You know, I'm self-deprecating, but accepting that. You know what? I'm just not a good. I'm not good (laughs) at video games. I don't have the experience. That's fine. I'll skip out on this game. But it looked so fun, and it looked like exactly the kind of stuff that I love. I was like, all right, I'll go for it. And I got better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Did I die a lot? Yes, but. (laughs) It was an exercise in perseverance and yeah. uh, truly loved it. Great game. Can't, re- can't recommend it enough if you're interested in that kind of thing.
0: There's there's a couple more questions that I, I still have for you, but the first one um, it, that I have is since you have gotten into enjoying games so much, is there a genre outside of what you currently – like engage with a lot uh, open world RPGs. Uh, that yeah, you're, that, <laughs> <laughs> that you're interested in uh, dipping your toe into it all.
1: I wish I was better at shooters. Yeah. Um, I played a little bit of Destiny. Um, I played Cyberpunk, which is not really a shooter, but even though there are you know, um, firearm combat. Yeah. S- gameplay, um, I. Because I, like, I yearn for, like, an on- online gaming community um, that I've never had. And mostly those are in shooters. And I know those are really toxic, especially to <laughs> female players. I still, like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be fun. and It seems so cool. And seeing people who are really good at shooters, um, like... I just find it really impressive. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. Like, how do they do that? Seems crazy to me. So I, I like wonder if I if I put my head to it, if I could get better or at least good enough to 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 hold my own, you know. But um, I don't like losing all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think
1: I like I like playing with my friends against. Yes. Computers, you totally. know, because otherwise the 12 year olds are going to kill me is smash me into the ground. They're so much better than me. So competition is not not my favorite thing in video games. Maybe That's, in a
0: team setting. perhaps. I love a team yeah. setting.
1: Yeah. That, that
0: always does soften the blow if you're struggling uh, for yeah. sure. Um, then
1: again, I don't want to be the one that like drags us down. True. You know, <laughs> don't want to be the the heavyweight, the ball and chain that they're like, oh, boy waiting for Mary Lou, she died again, you know.
0: (laughs) She can't respond for five more seconds.
1: Sorry, guys, (laughs) you know, I'm coming. I'm
0: having so much fun.
1: (laughs) That's probably, I think, why I I, uh, drifted, trended towards RPGs, just because they're so so much, but they're designed to Mm -hmm. be solo games,
0: usually. Even what you were sharing, some things you were sharing about both Breath of the Wild and Skyrim Sort of helped, like unlocked a little thing in my brain, which is a game with an open structure like that. A, you can really play it how you want. Um, yeah. But B, it allows for that uh, gradual growth. And if you're bumping up against something, you can just mm-hmm. leave it and go do something else. Where yeah, like I love a linear adventure, but in some linear games, like if you're you don't know how to solve this puzzle to move on it can be really frustrating and yeah. and you can't just like, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of things in life that I feel is like, if you're struggling with something, maybe just put it down for a little while, mm-hmm. go live your life or do something else. And then your brain may have worked out a, a, a solution or you might just be, have a fresh perspective when you come to it. So yeah. um, I also want to ask you a little bit about, you've gotten into some of the context of when you played this game and I know you've played this game multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything about uh, like the context that you wanna share, whether it's that first time or maybe a revisit uh, that comes to mind for you, broad or specific?
1: Yeah, so Skyrim, I was on the couch in Brooklyn. I had just moved from, so I'm from LA, right? Like yeah. where I was born in San Diego, but moved to LA very young. And um, it's where I consider my home. All my friends are here. Uh, my family was here, and uh, they've since moved to Texas, boo, but um, <laughs> LA is my whole life, right? My yeah. whole career, all my friends, everything what? is here. Can I
0: ask what area you grew up in?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Burbank. Oh I went to my Burbank gosh. High. A Burbank yeah. kid?
0: That's so cool.
1: Go Bulldogs. Um, uh, still, still a Burbank kid at heart. One of my best friends growing up is now the assistant principal at our rival high school. Can you believe it? traitor. They're
0: in there for um, it to be a saboteur, correct?
1: I, yeah, that's exactly I hope that's her plan. Good. Long long <laughs> long term. Long con. Um and I was seeing someone at the time who lived in New York and he had a place and he was like, Come live with me. It's the pandemic. We have nothing to lose. We had yeah. been dating long distance and um and I didn't have any jobs in LA and he didn't have anything going on either. So we were like, well, we might as well be together. Yeah. And so I moved to New York and brother, I thought I was moving to New York. <laughs> I got a new driver's license. Oh, wow. I oh, no. moved all my stuff, put all, put my cat in my Prius and drove 3,000 miles during a pandemic and moved to New York. And I, and I didn't, there was nothing to do, right? Yeah. Because this is in the height of the pandemic. So this is, we didn't know anything, right? We didn't know about whether you could be inside or outside. We didn't have vaccines. We didn't know about anything. And so, (laughs) and it was New York in the winter. I moved in, I moved in August. So we had like a month of lovely weather, fall, end of summer. And then it was winter, a (sighs) blizzard. So you can't even go outside. No, like, because it's cold. No
0: mental health walks.
1: <laughs> no mental health walks because it's twenty degrees. God. And uh, and there's nowhere to go because it's a pandemic. So I lived in New York for eight months, and I was on the. Tra- I went on the train twice. I used yeah. the subway twice <laughs> in eight months. Wow. Because there was nowhere to go. Yeah,
0: it was there two was, somewhere and back.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I like went to the doctor's once, and that's when I took the subway. That was it. Oh my god. And. So yeah, and then we learned you could, you could hang out with your friends outside, but outside it was 20 degrees. <laughs> uh, so, sorry. so yeah, it was miserable. And I had to figure out a way to uh, occupy my time. Didn't yeah. have a job. Um, so I read a lot of books and then got tired of that and watched a lot of TV and got tired of that. And, and that's when I discovered the beautiful Switch, the Nintendo Switch that changed my life. Um, little yellow. Little yellow oh, gem.
0: The Switch light.
1: Yeah, I had a little yellow Switch light. I have a, now I have a regular Switch. Well, cool. I have both, but, um, and so I was on this couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or this green velvet wingback armchair from IKEA that I just sat next to the window with my cats and played for hours and hours and hours. Like it was my job. Yes. Like I'd wake up and play the game, take take a lunch break and then play the game. Yeah. And then come home for dinner. And by come home I mean like move from the couch to (laughs) like the kitchen, you know? But there's something Uh, to that
0: though. Like I remember being in the deep throes of the pandemic in 2020. I was also living with uh, a girlfriend at the time. We we would break up during the pandemic. uh, Mm -hmm. But... It was one of those things where it was, like, I'm even lucky where I live to have, like, multiple separate rooms so that, like, I could at least come in here and do my video game podcast stuff. Mm -hmm. Or she could, like, be in the kitchen, like, at the dining room table doing a puzzle. We at least had, A, space. So lucky. But B, like, could just at least feel like you're – I mean, that's – I'm really just repeating myself. The That space was really crucial because – I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this about me of you sharing like you're moving from no, ca- no, one side of the couch was to the huge. other. But we had to just do what we could. <laughs> it was tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was the very few ways that you could delineate your days yeah. and your weeks. <sighs> it all blurred right? together too. It, yeah. Because, because there was nothing happening. And so I like my adventure with my high elf mage in Skyrim. Yes. Like meant so much to me. Yeah. And, um, so that's, yeah, I remember sitting in that chair and looking at the window, usually at a gray sky, but my kitty cats all curled up on my lap or on the windowsill and, and feeling like, well, I have a purpose. Yeah. I have to, I have to be the dragonborn and, um, and I gotta figure out what's up with Parthenax, this, this dragon. You
0: gotta figure out what's up with Parthenax.
1: And I gotta tell you, you're not going to be surprised. I never did figure out what was going on with Parthenax because I did every single side quest (laughs) (laughs) and every single storyline, except for the main storyline. Yes. Because what's her name? Start with a D. I forget her name. Asked me to like kill Parthenax. And I was like, he's cool. Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) And so I abandoned that storyline and I never returned. So I never beat the game. (laughs) Well,
0: two things. Uh, One is that you're not alone. I also have played... Delphine. Delphine.
1: Delphine, that duplicitous hoe.
0: There's so many people that you meet in this game and characters that I all... It's one of these games that I've, I think, spent at least 200 hours playing a couple playthroughs, but I almost remember nothing from the details i remember like the feelings and the areas and like oh yeah this playthrough i was my second playthrough i was a kajit and i like wasn't i was trying to focus on being a mage because like you said it's really hard not to it's just really be a, a stealth stealth archer, uh, archer. <laughs> um and i still had plenty of that going on but um but even yeah you bringing that up so a you're not alone i never beat this game either and b it seems like you, you know what i don't know if you need like a um, something to hang on to for this pattern that you have, but it, maybe yeah. it's that the you're about the journey, not the destination. I
1: if, thank you. If, if, I is, am is that warranted. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And then I, I also think I get a little sad once I realize that it's about to be over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I that something something my my defense mechanisms uh uh Kick in. erect <laughs> yes. and they go oh we don't even care. We don't even care th- about this anyway. You're you're no longer interested. You're no longer interested in this game.
0: Those emotional walls just shooting just up. Just boom.
1: And all of a sudden, I'm like, I need a new game. Yeah. I find a new game to play whenever I get too close to the end. But the journey is so beautiful. I played through all of the all of the you know quest lines of each different guild that you can oh, join. Oh, killer! God. Do, you a, do
0: you have a favorite one? Because I I my favorite one was the mages guild. Really? Oh, yeah. I love
1: the Mages Guild, but ugh, I'm so partial to the Thieves Guild. Thieves I Guild's truly sick. love the Thieves Guild. I love those NPCs. I think they're so funny and they're always like scrappy. And I like um Riften. Yes. Uh, which is like the Thieves Guild town that's like built on canals or whatever that's like I love filled that with shady place, characters. Yeah. That's my favorite city. And I did like the Assassins Guild too, the Dark Brotherhood. I thought mm-hmm. that was a fun quest line, but the Thieves Guild and the Nightingales just love, yes. love it, love it. Very, very partial to it.
0: So good. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Mary Lou, I feel like I've gotten to hear so much uh, wonderful detail and uh, memories from you about not just the game itself, but like I loved the way that, like you know, for better or worse, your experience when you played this colored all of that. Um, oh, totally. But I did want to offer you up a couple things, which is a um, if you haven't gotten if there's something you're like, oh, I've been meaning to share this about the game or my mm-hmm. experience by all means. But if not, um, would you mind just putting a bow on whatever place this game held for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Skyrim. I mean, the Elder Scrolls in general is a bu- is a huge world. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like this giant planet so many continents of land, and Skyrim is a, a tiny, tiny part of it. And that kind of feels like how how Skyrim introduces you to Elder Scrolls or is just a part of Elder Scrolls kind of feels like my experience with video games in general, where I, I got to know this game and got really into it and then realized, wait, there's so much more. Yeah, There's not just this. This is only the tiniest fraction of what's out there. And if I loved this, I'm gonna love all of that too, even yeah. though it's gonna be really different. Um, what I loved about this is gonna be out there for me. Um, so, I, like I said, Skyrim <laughs> changed my li- Playing Skyrim changed my life um, for the better, 100%. And I'm really excited for Elder Scrolls Six. Um, and for whatever, whatever game I get to play next, thanks to, thanks to this discovery.
0: I love it. Um, well, again, thank you for bringing this on to share. This was so fun to not only get to know you a little better, but just to hear what it meant to you. Um, but before we go, I do have two fun post show segments for you. Yay! Um, the first of which I, I've actually, I think I've previewed both, but the first is the fact me by your game segment. And that's just where I'm going to share some fun facts with you about the game. I you love brought on.
1: fun facts. Oh, I love fun facts so much.
0: They're, uh, they're a joy. Uh, the first one, in fact, both of these come from a YouTube channel. I shout out often. Did you know gaming? Uh, one of the, my favorite YouTube channels, I'm always learning uh, stuff from them. But the first fact I have titled big choir means big theme. Uh, and yeah. so uh, we mentioned the composer Jeremy Sewell earlier. Yes. He also did some composing for both Morrowind and Oblivion, um, but then returned to do Skyrim. And included in one of some of the tracks he composed was the main theme, uh, Dragonborn, uh, the one that you know as you as you put your game in, it yes. slowly comes in. It's very really powerful. I think every time I end up revisiting this game on multiple times, I'll just let the title screen sit and just sort of yeah. feel it wash over me. It's at, so
1: good. Yeah. It's so soaring and epic and, yeah, like you said, builds really nicely. Yes. Like, it, it's it's ingrained in my bones. I've heard it so many times, but I, I, don't, I, you do, I don't get sick of it. Every I time I hear it, I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, there could be someone who does, but it's not me. Um, not me. Yeah. Couldn't um, be me. So what they ended up doing for this track was that uh, uh, Sewell – uh, famously recorded with a choir of over 30 people singing in the Dragon language from the game. Um, and since there was a desire from director Todd Howard to have an even more massive choir theme, Sewell ended up recording with that group of 30 three separate times to make it sound as if there were 90 members 90. of the choir. Oh, love that. Yeah, so... It's um,
1: huge!
0: Yeah, it's enormous. I mean, like, I would, I would actually love to hear the difference between like what 30 versus 90 would sound like because yeah I because off the top of my head I couldn't tell you if you would have asked me how many people you think are in this choir I probably would have said like 20 something but I don't, I don't know. know no clue yeah um, or
1: 500 I don't I don't know
0: yeah uh anything but over when you
1: hear it next to each other
0: <laughs> yeah it's
1: got it probably makes a huge difference I'd love to hear that
0: yeah I don't know if it's even out there but I, I would love to hear it too um the Sewell, second
1: if you're listening make it happen
0: yeah, Sule. I know you're out there, and we and we do go by a last name basis here. Uh, the next fact I have for you, and the last of these two, uh, I have titled "It's a Mia, Parthenax." Uh, now, the fun fun fact about this is it's pretty basic. Is that Charles Martinet, the voice actor famous for his work as Mario and Luigi from the Mario series, voices Parthenax, the dragon. No way. Yes, it's... party
1: snacks. The dragon. <laughs>
0: i've never heard that before that's pretty funny (laughs) yes he voices party snacks the dragon
1: that's crazy there's a reason i loved him instantly
0: yes there's like plenty of times in games where the same voice actors pop up and you're like oh i think that's
1: i can hear it
0: yeah that's Troy baker that's uh um jennifer hale and then but it's so wildly different, the voice he does for this, that I don't think anyone could just be like, hey.
1: I absolutely never knew, but my but my heart knew.
0: Yes, uh, and now you'll get to see that confirmed in the video I sent you, and there's more fun facts there as well. Um, oh,
1: man, I can't wait to watch.
0: It, it's great. Um, but that will wrap up that segment, and I'll lead us into our final one, the game Woo. recommendations. Now, Yay! Now, um, Mary Lou, this segment is my forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, which this show is uh, so similarly titled to, and what I'm going to do is treat Skyrim as your passionate summer Italian love that you're eventually going to move on from. Okay. As happens, and um, I'm but gonna I try learned to,
1: so much. You learned from so
0: it. much and and you really learned about yourself
1: about myself, about love, about life. absolutely.
0: It's just uh, a formative I know that experience to be true. yeah
1: yes,. <laughs> <completely>. <laughs>
0: no, this is actually true in this case actually
1: uh, in this case. um actually, very spot on. <laughs>
0: yeah. um and uh, anyway, the three recommendations I have for you are gonna be potential new flings Yay! Uh, that all have like a little something in common with Skyrim because I don't know about you, but in my life, I found, like, a little familiarity goes a long way sometimes. Definitely. Um, So the first one is that if you love everything about this game from the way that it's structured to the way that it plays, and uh, you want something similar, but in a different setting, you want something more post-apocalypse, I'll recommend a game I think you're familiar with. You mentioned it earlier. Fallout 3.
1: Yes, I don't own Fallout Three, and I've never never played it. Um, I own New Vegas and played like Ooh. I don't know twenty minutes of it. I've, um, but I, but I've heard it's not as good as Fallout Three.
0: Oh, that's funny. I've I've never played. Three is the only one I've ever played. I played like twenty five hours of it this last fall because it was it's on Game Pass, and I have an Xbox. Yeah, and um, when I got into it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is everything I love about Skyrim, except it's a totally different and in some ways to me, more interesting setting. Yeah. So um, this game is from 2008. It's like, it's, yeah, if you turn it on, even the way you move and the way that the menus work, it's like, this is- It
1: looks similar.
0: Yeah. And it's it's really, really cool. Um, I want to get to New Vegas someday. Um, But that's your first recommendation.
1: Great. I love it already.
0: The second recommendation is if you need – you like an enrapturing uh, first-person adventure, but you would rather – instead of it being open, you'd like a more linear game, I'll recommend Bioshock. Have you ever played that game?
1: I did. Well, yes. Yes, I started. I've never beaten it. I I don't know how, how far I got in it, um, but I played – yes, I'm somewhere down and somewhere down there, uh, underwater. <laughs> yes. In, um. Yeah, I really, really liked playing it. Yeah. It is really scary, and it's, it's really dark and very steampunk, right? And so, <laughs> I found myself I'd play it late at night because I stay up really late naturally, and I love to play games. Um, and all of the scary, you know, um, uh, uh tweaker people. Yes. What are they called? Um, I
0: I forget at this point, but the Adam is... and the
1: Eve, and they, there's something that they they call them but they're so scary and they jump out at you and i was like getting i was scaring myself at night
0: (laughs) they are they are freaky deaky i I definitely tried this game and then fell off of it at first and then in 2020 during the pandemic like Mm -hmm. finally got it because i think it was like a free game i got on my playstation at some point and i ate it up um
1: i got them all in a humble bundle i think so i think i've got all the bioshocks i've got one two and infinite um, wow. And I've played maybe halfway through one. Okay,
0: cool. Um, uh, but I
1: gotta get back. I gotta get back on it because I know it's a classic, and it's yeah. like you know. Foundational I think it's worth knowledge.
0: I think it's worth seeing through the end if you if you're yeah. interested to go back. You you don't have to, but it's there. Um, yeah. Well, the final recommendation I have for you is that if being the Dragonborn is the thing that you loved most about this game, and it's cool but you actually just want to play the game as an actual dragon, I'll recommend Spyro the Dragon for Spyro! the PlayStation 1.
1: That's awesome! You, had mo- you
0: brought up Spyro earlier today.
1: Yeah, I did. I had a Spyro game for Game Boy. Incredible. I remember getting it for Christmas. I did not play it very long because I got to a boss that yeah. I couldn't beat and I gave up. <laughs>
0: Now, this usually so often, as I told you earlier before the show, uh, my final recommendation is usually a silly goof and I try to make something fun out of it. But I will say I played this game all the way through on the PlayStation 1 also (laughs) 2020 year of the game. Uh,
1: Nice. But
0: it was it's such a relaxing, therapeutic, like 3D platformer. Yeah. Um, and Spyro, like, he he has this cool hover where you can jump and sort of, like, hover to another platform. Oh, I remember
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so, just a cute little guy, but with a little bit of edge, oh, little he's, attitude. He's got
0: some sass to him. Um, he's got some spunk. Uh, so that'll do it for the recommendations, but I'll go through them again for you. We have today Fallout 3, Bioshock, right. yes. and Spyro the Dragon. Um, Hell yeah. That'll do it for the game recommendations, and that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. So... Before we go, uh, once and plug whatever we want, again, Mary Lou, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk with me today. This was so much to, fun to hear about, you know, your time with games, uh, that you know my friend Jordan, and also uh, your time with Skyrim.
1: Thanks for having me. Now I can finally say we are friends.
0: Yeah, I think the, I think uh, we've earned that today. Yep, um, we've earned it. Good for us. Well, I know you've plugged some stuff throughout the show, but plug whatever you want right now, just in case the listener missed it earlier.
1: Yeah. So I'm Mary Lou. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Twitch at Mary Lou Larry Moo. That's just Mary Lou twice, but with the first letter switched. Um, And I'm performing at UCB all the time in different comedy musicals. I've got a Uh, Three coming up, so Supportive White Parents, the musical written by Joy Regalano. So good. It's about an Asian girl who wishes on a shooting star for uh, supportive white parents instead (laughs) of her strict Asian parents. And I am the titular supportive white mom. It's a fantastic show. Born to Um, play the role. Thank you so much. And (laughs) then uh, this weekend, actually, uh, but sure to have more dates soon in the future, is Real Housewives, the parody musical... Um, and that is the funniest musical I've been a part of maybe ever. All of the housewives are played by drag queens and I play Andy Cohen and all of the male characters. It is a hoot. And then in April, we've got City Walk the Musical um, from my sketch team, Moon Goon, from the twisted minds of Moon Goon. (laughs) Um, and that's going to be insane. You truly don't want to miss it. Um, and other than that I do streams and podcasts on the glass cannon network so check them out on youtube or patreon their podcast or on twitch Um, that's the glass cannon network and uh, yeah find me on the internet where I uh, do dumb stuff with my friends
0: Hey, doing dumb stuff with your friends is sure fun. Well, it's a dream. Um, thanks for all the plugs, and I'll go ahead and close this out with plugs of my own. Let's go! Uh, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his wonderful work on Instagram at glennwithtwon.jay. The show is produced and edited by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You can give him a tip of your hat, and thanks for doing that for the show by checking out his podcast, Video Games, a Comedy Show. More of a panel, uh, group, uh, series where we just do all sorts of goofs, whatever we want. Um, You can find me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash consiscool69, where lately I've been streaming through Super Mario RPG and uh, and Super Mario 64 DS. But something new will probably pop up there. You mentioned Half-Life earlier. Uh, and yeah. I just played Half-Life for the first time on stream, and it was weird to go back to a game from that era. Like, Ooh. that has – from, like, a genre that's seen so much evolution, yes. uh, it just, like – I liked it, but there was – I was bumping up against some stuff. mm mm-hmm. um, but that's where I break from the plugs and and bring my guests back into it. Um, so you can watch me stream video games there. Uh, and lastly, of course, check us out on Patreon. If you like me and uh, enjoy hearing me talk to people about video games, you're going to like a pretty good chunk of what you find there. Again, we're over at patreon.com supernpcradio. And you can find not only our current Super Mario 64 Games Club at the $10 DJ Toad tier, but the uh, monthly Call Me By Your Game co-op episode where... Last month, we did an episode on Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Coming up in March, we're going to have an episode on Half-Life. And in April, Ori and the Blind Forest. Uh, And again, plenty of great stuff there. Patreon.com slash SuperNPCRadio. That'll do it. For this episode of Call Me By Your Game, we will see you on the next one.